Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, it's Monday the 17th of August uh, and uh, whilst and, and Super Rugby Altera has now come to a close, um, which means, you know what, what we'll be doing is we'll be picking our um, 15 from uh, Super Rugby Altera and who has been performing well over the last 10 weeks. Also, there has been some club rugby around the country. Um, so uh, we'll cover off on some of that, uh, even though it was cancelled for um, some of the provinces. But we'll get into all of that stuff soon. Uh, we'll also talk about the Farrah Palmer Cup um, that has uh, been postponed uh, and also the North-South um, game as well, because I'll be announcing those squads tomorrow at midday. Um, so lots and lots to talk about. And uh, as always, co-hosting with me um, is uh, Mr. Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Once again, a privilege and a pleasure to be on the uh, Driving More show, talking about the national game. God, the national game. You know, stadium of four million. Now we're now we're a team of five million. God, all these all these uh, all these things is brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, our special guests today, we've got uh, Dwayne Poliativo. How are you doing, sir? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me, and it's an honour to be back on the show. Uh, yes, and uh, looking a lot less bruised, having not had to play rugby the weekend. Well-rested. Well-rested, and uh, and Boa Athu as well. How are you doing, sir? Very well, thanks. I hope everyone is well and safe. Uh, welcome to Lockdown 2.0. What can I say? <laughs> There we go. And uh, good evening to everyone who is joining us in the live chat. Um, good to see you all there. Uh, and um, Stephen, you said, you know what, Paul, let's get uh, let's get the important stuff first. And let's do the club rugby first. So I'm going to throw over to you so you can bring us up to date with what's been happening up in Northland. Yeah, yeah thanks, Paul. As we all know, uh, club rugby in uh, North Harbour, counties Monaco, Auckland, and the first division of the Spark Club at Northern Competition was suspended on the weekend. But there was some rugby that did go on the weekend. We had the uh, Premier Reserve 
final between Hora Hora and Kitty Kitty played at Hora Hora's home ground on the weekend, and it was the Maroons who were far too strong, winning at 56 points to five, and uh, that kept them with an unbeaten season, and uh, they've been very, very drilled all season, so well-deserved. Heading a, a little bit further north, we have the uh, North Zone semi-finals on the weekend. Awanui too strong for Kaitaia, 36 points to seven. And in the other semi-final, Tenarawa emulating uh, their woman from a couple of weeks back, making uh, the final as well, 31-26 to the good over Eastern. So those uh, not quite too near neighbours. There's a good uh, 40 or 50k between these two sides, but it was uh, Tararawa, the team that was uh, far too strong there. And uh, we had a semi-final in the uh, Bay of Islands competition for the McGarry Cup, and that saw Oteria far too strong for Okaiho, 65 uh, points to five in uh, that contest of the semi-final. Now, I'm not too sure who played in another semi-final, but that game, I would imagine, was suspended as well. We'll have some more updates on uh, that particular information, remembering uh, the Northern final for the uh, Northern Spark Club First Division competition start is on this weekend, and it's uh, last year's 2019 champions, Waipu, who take on Mid-Northern, so very much first and second place taking on each other, but a whole host of uh, Northern players will be running out on Saturday at Caledonian Grounds in Waipu 2.45 kickoff if you can make it along. If you're that in the area, unlike me, I've had to get dispensation. I've written to the uh, uh, government organisation to try and get dispensation to get over the Brendoans uh, for the weekend. Other than that, I'm going to be watching it on a live stream. I believe the Northern Rugby Union is live streaming that game that pretty much wraps up our club rugby short and sweet but paul i understand you've got some results from the waikato i did see a stream uh running on the weekend i saw raglan running around on the weekend but they were beaten in their semi-final uh the, the and um oh, well, i was actually going to be talking about the seniors because that's i think i think raglan must have been playing in the um uh sorry we'll be playing in the reserves uh but um yes there we go um have, he'll be dropping in the uh, New Zealand Sports Radio. Hey, can we get special dispensation to go and report on the rugby? Jeez, there's us even there. Um, up in um, uh, get the essential services where we're bringing the news to the nation. Um, the into the um, uh, the Waikato Club Championship, and uh, basically it was the last round of the uh, regular season. Um, but we saw uh, basically what <laughs> well, previews of the semi finals because um, how Tapu um, took on Melville. Um, very close at half time at 15 13. Um, but um, after half time, How Tapu really put the um, uh, put uh, put the foot down and won that one at 37 um, 18. Uh, the second game um, of the, that uh, that will be a, again a semi final was Fraser Tech against um, Otrahonga. Fraser Tech raced out to a 14 0 lead, um, but uh, were overhauled uh, and Otrahonga did enough to get to get the 36 31 win. Um, other results then, um, Old Boys beat University 36-0, Hamilton Marist um, beat Tiamutu um, 47-13, and Morrisville um, had the bye in that one. So, um, yep, we're going to be having Hautapu versus Melville in Cambridge and Otrahonga versus Fraser Tech in Otrahonga um, for the semi-finals. Uh, obviously, Hautapu and Otrahonga, having won those two similar games this weekend, must go in as favourites to make it to um, the final um, as well. So 
Uh, I guess you up to date with the on the Waikato side of things. Um, for me, I was at uh, in I was at down in the old Thames Valley for um, and in the reserve grade there, I watched Tauranga um, beat the Cobras 33-3 in their semi-final. So Tauranga going through, sorry, Tairua, not Tauranga, Tairua beat um, Cobra. Sorry, so Tairua going through to the final there, and I'm trying to find out who um, they are up against um, in the uh, reserve because that's what I say that's the in the in the that's the senior bees. Um, so uh, uh, I'm trying to figure out who they will be playing. Uh, in the final this coming weekend, um, but I might be I might uh, get along um, to uh, uh, to that one uh, depending on where about uh, in Thames Valley uh, it is. There you go. That gets you up, brings you up to date with all the club action from the well, at least the northern half of the North Island. A couple of interesting ones in the live chat actually, um, and I think uh, a, a good one actually to. Um, uh, to have a chat about that Christopher Edwards Bailey brings up is um, what do we think about the RFU defunding their sevens program uh, and basically, uh, yeah, not funding it as a professional program anymore uh, and um, telling all the players they have to go find real, um, well, sorry, real jobs. That's not fair. Um, luckily, I'm, I'm out of arm's reach of Dwayne as it slapped me around the head saying playing rugby is a real job, Paul. Um, the... Um, but um, defunding sevens, I mean, Bella, what do you think about that? As, as um, and obviously, New Zealand have used it as a good pathway, haven't they? Yeah, look, it's it's a very clear cut sign of uh, the times and what what lies ahead. And obviously, the RFU, uh, you know, they 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 pump millions, millions and pounds um, into the professional game, and of course, they have to do a very careful balancing act by making sure that they don't. Uh, end up neglecting the grassroots. So obviously, uh, they've made a, a very difficult decision of cutting funding to the uh, sevens program. And I think uh, the route they're looking for is to get more private equity involved, i.e. looking to get more commercial partners. But how successful that will be post-COVID-19 is yet to be seen. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, is it, is it going to have a, a drop in performance? Because the reason I say this is this year, Super Rugby Aotearoa, uh, almost all players, coaches and administrators right across the books took a significant cut uh, in their paychecks. But if you look at the performance, it has magnified. So I think uh, some very interesting times ahead and I don't know, maybe the RFU might be better off with. We will only wait and see. Um, I guess, Dwayne, this um, the uh, looking at the um, uh, sorry, the uh, what I'm saying here. Um, as he says, the performance haven't dropped off, even though pay has. I guess, Dwayne, it shows that look, it's, as long as you're getting enough to pay your mortgage, it's, it's not money that motivates the players and uh, and and their performances. Is it? I mean, a lot of people say, oh, look, they're going overseas for cash. Um, it, it's it's all that the money for them and hey they're just they've got us they've got this they've got they've got their nice fat uh, extension they're not going to be playing that hard but that's not really that's not the reality of the actual players is it not entirely um, you know I think for uh, as Bob said you know we're looking at times ahead um, and RFU are looking you know probably playing ahead just to see how things are and probably investing or pumping um, a lot of their money into the 15s game and uh, eventually I think the sevens will pick up. Um, but as you said, you know, players tend to, you know, they, you, you get, you know, different types of players that chase money and then, you know, and that, 
fair play to them. And then you get the guys that are living the dream and um, and want to you know chase certain you know the black jersey and, and you know it does take sacrifice and it's like, it does take um, you know pay cuts and, and etc. So you know a bit like us in the Pacific Islands, you know we're taking um, you know a lot of the players do take pay cuts to put it on the blue jersey, the red jersey, or the white jersey um, of the island team. So. Um, you know, that's a lot of sacrifice in itself. But, you know, for us, some of us, it's not a sacrifice. It's, you know, it's all about pride. Um, and it's uh, representing our island nation, our family's names and, and stuff like that. So different motivators for different players. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, money plays a little part. Um, but eventually in the long run, of, you know, people will tend to chase the money and they will retire early from international, um, head to Japan, France, etc. So. And guys, I'm just going to jump in here for a second, uh, just answering Christopher's question on the chat. Um, you know, with, with COVID-19, obviously, international travel has been curtailed. So short term, from a strategic point of view, the World Series of Sevens is on hold. And of course, the Tokyo Olympics will be indefinitely postponed. So I think RFU have made a very strategic decision where they're not actually pumping money into a program, which is not going to show immediate results. Uh, obviously, the Premiership restarting um, this weekend past, that's probably their most immediate concern in the 15s. Sure, but if you, it's, um, and uh, I guess Simon makes a good point here that, look, the, the, that uh, they, it's Team GB when it comes to the Olympics for sevens. Um, and so there has been an attempt to try and uh, do that. But some of the countries uh, are happy for that, some of them aren't. And yeah, they haven't really got a consensus between the four nations as to how as to what some um, as to what goes on there um so that's also a part of it is that actually if it's an olympic sport and it, at gb level should they be playing as england ireland scotland wales in between but if the uh, if they do play as team gb then again it has to be an ends into itself it can't be the way that new zealand rugby uses it uh, and um, we've seen other countries as a development tool for players who they play it for a couple of years and then they go into the then they move over to the 15s game. I mean, players like uh, just to be Caleb Clark. Um, I mean, Ardy Surveyor, Bowden Barrett. Uh, who else has played sevens? I mean, there's there's a whole list of them that have played sevens and then have come through to play 15s. It's a different. They, uh, if, if you're going to have it just as a team GB without a, a team GB 15s, you've got to say that right. That's a means to an end. Can we fund it to a level where actually the players are getting paid proper salaries? And it's not a development tool. It's a, it is, yeah, it is, it is, it is for, for that. And um, I'm going to this totally blindside you all. Now I can see how 15s can be commercially viable, right? You end up, you have a stadium, you sell tickets to that stadium, you play at that stadium week in week out, and and I can see how 15s is for sevens, where because it's uh, you go away to festivals each weekend. I can't see how commercially that can be viable at a uh i can potentially the the, the hb7 series can be but i can't see how that can be viable at a national level where a team doesn't play regularly in its hometown to build up um the following doesn't have its own has doesn't have a stadium where it can sell tickets um, on a regular basis you've only got one stadium getting filled each weekend rather than the what across super rugby you're looking at seven stadiums filled each weekend with tickets do you, do, is 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 do, do is anyone think that seven is actually can be a viable um, financial product, um, or um, or or are they, are they like me that you just can't see how it how the sums would add up? 
deathly silence. Anyone uh, want to take a stab? Paul, Paul I, I think the guys before, I think all your, your answers were, were pretty much uh, in both the boy and, and, and Dwayne before and yourself. I think you probably answered your asked questions. I think you'll find somewhere in that mix is there and um, solution to what um, England rugby is doing. If there's no sevens at the moment, it's it's pointless having having guys around. You know, send send them away for a while. I'm sure if COVID goes away, it, it it'll it'll find itself and it will return. They still want to be developing players through that seven circuit for the for the bigger picture of obviously Team Great Britain. For, for that purpose, so uh, to me, it's a, it's it's a good decision. Although I I wait with interest to see what other other unions will be doing. Will they follow suit? I think that's probably the question. Will will have to they'll have to answer at some stage. No, I, I think if you if you pull if you pull the plug now, you pull the plug for uh, the next seven years um, because you don't you don't stand up programs in one year and it's successful it takes time to build programs that work so if you pull if you pull the funding now you're, you're killing this you, you have to keep funding it through um the quiet times i'm thinking more of like and there's not been lots of talk of uh there being a sevens a professional seven series in the usa for example um and i just personally can't see how that will be financially viable but i can see how rugby is because you can sit down and watch a game on on tv you can't sit down um, for all weekend and watch and watch a weekend's worth of sevens. Um, now I get how it works at international level where you've got the Hong Kong sevens, which fills out a stadium. It's very much party atmosphere. But anyway, that's one that I will um, that I'll leave out there, folks. So that if anyone has any ideas as to how sevens can be commercially viable, I would love to hear it because it's one that I've come, that I've been mulling over for years. Paul, Paul, not be able to Paul, an answer. Paul, I have, Paul, I have got, I, I have, I have got an idea. Just go and play it in Fiji. Just put all the teams into, just put all, send all the teams into, send all the teams into Fiji. Basically, put them into um into into their four fourteen day whatever they do for fourteen, and and play the tournament over there. You'll get you'll get crowds attending it. I mean, so we're seeing a lot of local Fijian rugby on TV at the moment. Play it over there, and you talk about viability. I think it'd be great for that country. Um, who we who we know absolutely love and adore sevens. Um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's an idea. Oh, I think yeah. the New Zealand is going to go over there. So go on, Bo. No, the, the only issue I see there is on um, when it comes to the Olympic years, uh, most of the uh, affluent teams will end up pinching most of the Fijians to play for them. So that'll be the only uh, only uh, issue I foresee. Uh, because, uh, you know, but in all seriousness, I think, Steve, that's, that's a fantastic idea. 14-day uh, self-isolation and, you know, straight into playing rugby. Uh, Paul, I, I do have an idea. I think the Sevens is viable if they look at seriously promoting the World Series as a build-up and a qualifier every second year so that one it doesn't clash with the 15th rugby world cup and also the showpiece event then becomes qualification to the olympics thereby you will see some of the 15 superstars being released from their 15th contract so that they can go and play some sevens now if you recall uh last olympics uh Adi Sever, he he got himself released from his sevens contract because he wanted to pursue the dream of becoming an all black 
So we need the reverse. So for example, if you look at the All Blacks, now, if the All Blacks were under contract for the 15s, if all of, all, you know, if most of these serious uh, speedsters and uh, sevens best players get released, man, we, you know, we are going to see one amazing New Zealand sevens team. But under the current situation of commercial contracts, that is not going to happen. So I think uh, World Rugby will have to get a little bit creative and possibly look at moving the World Rugby uh, Sevens series. Every second year, use the year prior to the Olympics as a qualifier. And the year to the, uh, the Olympics, maybe have a couple of showpiece tournaments just as a build-up to get some form for the teams and then go for the main showpiece. Yeah, no, and I think at international level, I can see it being financially viable. I, I just, but you need to have a, a professional um, nationals level um, tournaments as well to feed it. And I just can't see where those players are going to, how they're going to do, how they're going to fund that for, to, to provide those players at the, the national level. Uh, at the international level, yes, I can see it can do. Having been to um, the, the the New Zealand Sevens here in Hamilton, but also having been to the, the Hong Kong Sevens um, about four or five times, those tournaments clearly can make money um, and can be viable. Uh, it's the yeah, it's level belief that that, try, that where you have to produce the players. So I just don't, don't see how I don't see how the the, the pyramid stacks up um, for my mind. Um, I have a corrections corner um, so that uh, Bevan has uh, has pointed out to me that I called out that I actually announced last week's games, not this weekend's games um, up there, and they actually did have the semi-finals in Waikato this weekend. Um, sorry, folks. The semi-final results were Ochhonga beating Fraser Tech 37-22 and Hatapu beating Melville 24-14, um, 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 meaning that the final will be between Ochhonga and Hatapu um, there, and surprisingly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the plate final has been cancelled uh, because of COVID. So, um, sorry, corrections corner there um, on that one. Um so then, uh, Stephen, you put out an email. I put out a post on um, our, on, on our Facebook page. So, folks, yeah, you can go over to our Facebook page, New Zealand Sports um, Radio, um, where we put out not only do we broadcast these shows live, but we also um, put out posts um, about little different topics. And Stephen, you put one out there about um, your the, your best for fifteen from um, Super Rugby Altera. And he's lagging at the moment, I think. I was um I was thinking to myself, just sitting around, I was actually watching an I was watching an old game between um the Blues and the uh the Crusaders from 2004. The we can all remember the great try that Carlos Spencer started from his own in goal area. And I was looking out the window thinking, God, it would have been a sensational it would have been a sensational day for uh for that uh, Crusaders uh, blues game. So I actually thought to myself you know what? It's time to look at a at a playing fifteen, and um, I came up with a playing fifteen, which I which I posted. Um, Paul, I can go through the whole fifteen if you want me to, or we can pick through it individually. I will pick through it individually. Bo has also sent me his, and I've also um, put together some uh, mine and some uh, honourable mentions. And uh, I'm sure Dwayne will chip in with uh, who he thinks as well. So yeah, take us take us from the top. Well, we'll start with the number fifteen jersey, and 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 my probably maybe two or three contenders there. 
Yeah, I thought Will Jordan, I think Geordie Barrett's been quite quite running for the Hurricanes uh, this year and most facets. And and I thought another guy who really played well out of literally out of out of position um was um the boy uh, Mitch Mitch Hunt. I thought he played really well. And they, they those were pretty much my three and I could I sort of looked at all the selections, but I came up with Will Will Jordan. Dwayne? Dwayne, who's your... Who, 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 uh, so, yeah, we, there we go. We've got nominations for um, Will Jordan, Geordie Barrett, uh, Mitch Hunt. Uh, I'm actually going to throw in also um, David Havili as a, as, a, as a nomination before he got injured. But, Dwayne, what's, who would you... Uh, who, who, who do you reckon has, has been the standout 15 in Super Rugby Asura? If I was going by form, I'd definitely go with uh, Barrett, uh, Geordie Barrett at 15. Uh, but I liked a bit of Damian McKenzie as well. Um, I think he performed really well in a team that was um, actually struggling. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd definitely put in um, McKenzie just ahead of uh, Geordie Barrett. You go for McKenzie? Is your, oh, wow, okay. Um, Boa, who's, who, who's your... Clear top pick, Will Jordan. I'll, I'll give you some very interesting stats, guys. Meters made, 724. 88 carries. Now, Dwayne's pick at fullback was uh, Damien McKenzie. So, McKenzie is second on the list for meters, mate, and he's at 489. So, 489 versus 724. Defenders beaten. Will Jordan, 39. Next best, Richie Maunga, 35. Um, clean breaks. Again, he leads it. 15 clean breaks. Nani Lomapi coming in second at 30. So, Clear top pick, Will Jordan. He's a form horse, exciting. He's um, very innovative in his attacking patterns and he can run from anywhere. So for me, Will Jordan. And uh, I've gone for Jordy Barrett. I think it's, uh, the, the leadership he's brought and as, as as well, you've seen the whole demeanour of the Hurricanes change um, when, from when he wasn't playing the first two games to when he was playing afterwards. Uh, so not just his actual numbers, um, but also, as I say, his uh, just the way that the way that he the way that he led that team um, from the back. I'm, I'm going with Jordy Barrett. So we have two for Will Jordan, one for Jordy Barrett, and one for Dame McKenzie, which means Will Jordan gets the official um, New Zealand Sports Radio 15 jersey. Yeah. Now, Stephen, you've, you've you've gone and cheated here with your 14 jersey, haven't you? <laughs> he didn't he didn't wear the 14 jersey at all during yeah, this time. I yeah, well, I, well, I kind of cheated just to get him, get him, get him actually in the in the team. Um, and uh, listen, just for the simple go from myself to Dwayne to to Boa to Paul. Um, yeah, I went for, I went for Caleb Clark in the in the fourteen jersey. I just I just basically put him in somewhere. Um, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of other other contenders we could have looked at at the Sevi Reese, but even Sevi probably plays on that the, that left wing or floats 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 between uh, between both wings because he shows up all over the place. Um, but I I went with Caleb Clark. Dwayne, yeah, I'd have to agree. He was uh, probably the form winger uh, for most games. Um, you know, Mark Dallaire as well. Um, you get the special mention. He was he wasn't too bad of a player as well this year. Uh, but yeah, I probably agree with you. Um, Caleb Clark was. Was actually one of the best uh, wingers um, this competition. Bella? 
Well, I've actually swapped the two around. See what he said, Caleb. So I think we'll swap them back. And there's a third vote, Caleb Clark. I'll give you a very interesting statistic as well. Uh, Clark, 10th on the list for meters, 348. But I think the most important factor was that when he did uh, make those meters, they actually resulted in game-changing tries. So he knows when to inject himself into the game. And boy, when he gets going, he reminds me of uh, Ferdinand, you know, the, the the bull in the china shop in that uh, animation from Disney. So Caleb Clark, three from three. <laughs> yeah, I think you're all cheating. So for right-wingers, I'm going to throw a few names out there. Wes Hooson was on with, um, had a really good game against the Crusaders, for example. Uh, so um, Sean Wainui, I think, was, was, was stepped up really nicely in that 14 jersey. Uh, obviously, we've had Mark Talia already. But actually, I'm not going for any of those guys. Um, I'm going to go for a Highlander who uh, did, he missed the first couple of games. Um, but I'm going for Josh McKay. I think he's. I th- he had a really good, um, uh, a, a really good time out on that right wing. Um, so uh, that's who I'm. That, 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 that's why I'm uh, going to name in my in my fifteen. Clearly, you all cheated and went for Caleb Clark, who's a left winger. But um, hey, I've been outvoted. You, 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 you bad people. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I mean, so we, we should have had, um, I was a bit concerned that when there was only four of us on tonight because if we came to an even vote, we'd have a pretty much a gridlock. So we had a gridlock on that on that first one. But I, I think the next choice, there will be, um, I think we'd all pretty much agree you'd, you'd have to have George because he just does everything. He just does everything right, doesn't he? So he's your left winger. For me. I'm, yes. I'm going to back up with George Bridge. Um, so just, uh, Dwayne? Yeah, I think, um, you know, definitely safe uh, and, and just been consistent. Uh, I think Bo will have a few stats, but, uh, you know, he's just missed a uh, fix it, missed a safe, um, especially for that uh, Crusader team. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably stick with George um, George Bridge uh, with Sylvie Reese not too far behind. Yeah, look, I, I had to agree as well. George there uh, with Sibu closely following by. Interestingly, he's not in any of the uh, stats I've been looking at. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there's, there's two sides to stats, which we call the quantifiable stats, which I'm talking about, which I've got in front of me right here. Uh, you know, what we're more talking about, the qualitative, being able to inject themselves into the game. Uh, you know, the presence, especially being able to connect with that defensive line. Um, so, yeah, George Bridge is it. Yeah, I, I just thought with Bridge, one area where he really impressed me, um, and there were a couple of Crusaders played in this, but I think back to the game against the Blues when they went to the high kick game, and he just contested every high kick, and and on, on most occasions he actually caught those high kicks, and it just gave the the Crusaders momentum at crucial times. Now, one of the reasons I I, I sort of did chop and change with the wingers because I also did something maybe a little bit with my midfielders, and I know all of us probably did the same thing. When I looked at the number 13 jersey, I originally thought, yeah, maybe Jack Goodhue, but I don't think we've seen a vintage Jack Goodhue years. But I'm, I decided to go for Anton Leonard Brown in a team that, like you say before, Dwayne, was struggling throughout the season. You know, Anton Leonard Brown does most things right, and um, and, and he just, you know, even when he's 
on the advantage line. He tends to do right, good things, defends really well. So I went on Ennett Brown in the 13 jersey. And we'll do the two midfielders together. Um, the other midfielder, I, I went for a second five. I went for Lamape. Um, and just simply because he would, I know he got injured, but in those two games, when utilised well, a little bit like Josh Mackay for those last two games, um, it was just absolutely devastating. And uh, it, and man, I don't think I don't think there's a better second second five in the country when he's on. So that was my midfield pairing together: Leonard Brown and uh, Lamapi. Um, yeah, other other contenders you could have uh, you could have obviously had uh, Jack Goodhue in the mix. Um, um, Peter Umanga Jensen looks like a, a comer of sorts. And I thought a couple of guys finally, rightfully, is playing in his rightful position is, is Michael Collins. And boy, we all know he was a schoolboy star at Otago Boys. But he looked really, really good when pushed out to that 13 jersey. But at the end of the day, for me, I went for Leonard Brown and Nani Lamapi. Um, I, I, there's also Rico Ioani as well. For me, i got to see a little bit more of Rico just setting his outside guys up. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Lena Brown. Um, definitely 12 or 30. Um, and, and I think you can have uh, sort of flashy players like Rico on the outside of Anton Lena Brown. I just think he does his job really, really well. Um, not too, you know, good here as well. It's just, just as great, um, both defensively and on the tech. Just does the simple things really right. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely go with Leonard Brown, uh, year 13, um, and Lamapi probably the form uh, 12 for injury. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, you could chuck Leonard Brown at 12 and Rico at 13. I just think that'll be a good balance as well. Um, so yeah, a bit of a toss of a coin, but I'll, yeah, I'll go with Leonard Brown at 13 and Lamapi at 12. I'll stick with that. Bobby, you're next up. What? Well, mid, mid, midfield bearing, it's kind of like trying to pick a Cornella in your cox plate, you know, so, so many good quality players. I actually agree with Steve. Uh, Rico Ioane, great season, but I think we need to see a little bit more uh, in the midfield. I've actually gone with Jack Goodhue at 12 and Nane Lomapi at 13. I'll tell you why. So on the stats for offloads, uh, Goodhue has the highest for any inside back. He's got eight. And if you look at all the um, the backs who have more offloading abilities, Will Jordan, Sivu uh, Reese, Richie Maunga, who in their own right are game breakers. And the reason I've gone for Nani Laumape on his outside, again, you know, simply meters, line busts, defenders beaten, and of course that exceptional uh, footage where he ran straight at Bowden Barrett. Barrett made the mistake of trying to go shoulder high and bang. He got taken right out of the equation. So for me, yes, Anton and Brown, great season in a, well, pretty uh, abysmal uh, Chiefs campaign. Jack Goodyear at 12, Nani Lomapi at number 13. Well, um, I, yeah, again, as people cheating there with their with or Boa cheat trying to cheat there with his uh, switching his numbers around um i've gone to Antonin brown because yeah he, he did switch and play 13 whereas goodhue and lamapi didn't uh, i've gone for lamapi at 12 but the other, the other person i'd like to do an honorable mention for is i thought ceo tomkinson uh, had a pretty decent uh, season at 12 um as well um for the highlanders just as a, i was just an honorable mention there uh, well, well, guys what i what i'd love to see is when the test arena opens up again i'd love to see lamapi 
run head on or head to head um with the uh, english 13 uh who's now moved sell sharks uh tulangi manu tulangi manu tulangi that'll be that'll be a mouth it, it's it's going to be like a clash of mountain goats top of the mountain you know <laughs> bang head to head um and yeah uh, based on what i've seen i think it'll be no contest <laughs> mapi is just going to run circles and straight through manu simple as that and um we move along of course guys to our first five but just before i do i just want to say uh malo elele to uh manasi lele noa who's uh, just uh, posted uh what about uh he's talking about one of the five nuku boys as well but i know uh, manasi being tongan you'd probably have most of the tongan national side uh in, in this uh particular super team if you had a half a chance but uh yeah five nuku definitely had a a very good season when basically called on but uh other to uh watch in the future but one guy we had to watch every time and quite frankly a lot of the super teams didn't watch him enough was one Richie Moanga because I think at first five I think he really really stands out you talk about an influence influencer he was very very huge throughout the season um special mentions to um the likes of Josh Yuani back in that first five spot we just show what a sharp little little player is defensively it's something that i think Josh has have to work on he miss those uh one on one tackles uh every, every now and then and um of course we saw Baden Barrett slip to uh, that first five position and he looked right for but just based on consistent form across the season i went for Richie Moanga Dwayne yeah definitely agree with it i think you um yeah, he was just a form player i think you know man of the super rugby and uh, times and you know when crusaders looked like they were down and out he was confident enough to pull um you know tricks out of the bag and um you know he saved a lot of their games so i just think confidence wise form uh he was a form player for super rugby this year i definitely agree again same very very easy clear top pick richie yeah. boga um stats wise meters carries defenders beaten clean breaks most pa- uh, yeah most passes offloads tackles and 99 points including five tries richie monga head and shoulders above everyone else and easily the the most influential player and also i think uh, from rugby iq being able to understand the patterns the opposition they play i think he was uh, you know master of how we control the crusaders uh, backline as well as the entire team and keep in mind this guy features in all the statistics without one game that's phenomenal the uh, yeah to the and paul it's um, nocturne paul 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 I was just going to just jump in there before i got to your nocturnal rock rights just basically saying that um, and we're not even talking about a guy who was a world player of the year um in 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 bowden barrett did, did he basically maybe pay the price for not playing at playing at 10 and being at 15 for most of uh, super rugby aotearoa uh i'd say um you know coming into a blues team where the teams were performing um you know at a time and and also just coming in late i think he had to sort of fit in uh, the mold of the blues game plan and eventually he did get to 10 but i think uh, by then richie wonga was already you know sweeping up the competition so um yeah like it was tough for him you, you, you still have him in the team regardless uh if not on the bench so 
you know, he, he's just a player that came in at a tough time, uh, started late, uh, but I'd, I'd pick him any day as well. Yeah, so yeah, he had a quiet season, but in, in some ways he underplayed his hand, but allowed, but perhaps allowed the other Blues players to play, which I think was, uh, which, um, which, which was good. Which, which was good. Um, I two, obviously Rich Mwanga gets a 10 jersey. A couple of players who had decent seasons, so honourable mentions for a Terry Black, uh, who had a decent season, and also Joshuani once he got over his injuries. So two players who had decent seasons, but uh, a di yeah, very distant seconds, thirds, fourths, whatever, um, to Rich Mwanga, who was number one. And of course, we, uh, we move on. Position you know very well, Dwayne, and uh, you know that the, the, the good news the good news is it doesn't matter how old you are, you can actually get better <laughs> as you get older. As Ash Dixon said in his interview, he just can't believe the likes of Aaron Smith um, is actually getting better with with age. So there's hope for you there, Dwayne. So for me, that was a really easy pick. Although there was some there was some pretty good performances by um by by a lot of the halfbacks. I, you know, I thought uh, Fletcher Christie. When he uh, took over, when he was, when given his opportunity, I thought, I thought he was very, very good. Um, you know, they were all, all had moments. Uh, TJ once he found his uh, his mojo, uh, really impressive as well. And uh, you've got to give ups to both of those uh, halfbacks. Although it, it, it must be a, you, you'd love to play behind a pack like that, wouldn't you, Dwayne? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, we, we spoke about Moanga being an influential player for Crusaders. Um, Aaron Smith, clearly, um, tempo, just, just put the game back into the Highlanders. The style in which they play and, and you know, their attack, um, you know, they're down 20 points and then all of a sudden, second half, he lifts the tempo and he and he just brings that team back up again. Um, very influential player and, yeah, clear number one as well um, for halfback and, Oh, for it to go number two, you definitely got to go TJ as well. Um, you know, he's he pretty much brought back some form as well, and the Hurricanes were humming at the end. Um, so yeah, Aaron Smith, number one. Oh, yeah, look, Dwayne, if you were playing super rugby, I'd pick you, what? but uh, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd go with Aaron Smith, uh, most passes <laughs> in this year's super rugby 542. So again, clear top pick, and I think. Overall, his game and with the Highlanders, uh, you know, part of my job with my uh, coaching in club rugby is to look at video, cut a lot of uh, video and code it. He's the guy who calls most of the plays, uh, mm -hmm. super fit, you know, so he's made a 542 passes. The next best, 497, Brad Weber, TJ Perinara coming in a close 470 a third. Everyone else, you know, head and shoulders. But so, yeah, very easy. Aaron Smith. And I think uh, would, guys would be fair to say that he's probably playing at his peak uh, form career-wise currently. Yeah, he's playing fantastic. Yeah. Um, and you remember with, with those yeah. passing stats for TJ, he obviously spent um, uh, a, a, about a third of his or about a quarter of his time at um, – at second five eight, rather than at uh, um, rather than at <laughs> rather than at scrum half. So yeah, in, uh, interesting with those numbers. But uh, a player I want to do honourable mention for um, just purely for his haircut, um, Fakatava. Um, you got to say that 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 bleached mane at the back, absolutely wonderful, wonderful there. Uh, so yeah, for honourable mention for his haircut. <laughs> the the tea bag. That, that is that, that <laughs> is not, not worth an honourable mention. 
no, that's uh, as as I was telling uh, just for our watchers, uh, you know, this evening on New Zealand Sport Radio, tuning into the drive and more. I actually messaged the guys and told them that when the British Lions were here in 2017, they actually forgot their mascot, and it seems this ended up on the back of uh, Falafa Katava's head. So if you're wondering what it is, it's it's not an extension. It's actually a, a, a crammed up British Lions mascot on the back of his head, guys. But I'll uh, I'll tell you what one 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 guy who uh, went into his work uh, head first. Uh, Certainly the uh, number eight who I ended up picking played for the Chiefs. And I know the Chiefs didn't have a great season, but as we go into the forwards and we've got about 17 minutes to go on the show, so I'll keep keep it moving along. I went for Gus Sawakula. Now, the obvious choice probably should have been uh, the likes of uh, Ari Savia, or I thought even Michaeli too had a great season. And I could have also picked um, Hosking Satutu as well, but... You know, I had to pick somebody who was consistent week in, week out, and playing on the field. And I went for Gus Sawakula because in a team that was going backwards, he always impressed me. Dwayne? Yeah, no, I did I did watch a bit of him. Um, he was very, very good um, behind the scrum. Uh, you know, picked really well. Um, and he also uh, defended quite well as well. But he can't go past Hoskins. I think he had an awesome season. Um, got a massive future ahead of him. Um, he could probably play 10 as well if he wanted to. Um, haven't seen an, an eight like that since Zinni. Um, or even Leo Messam to that certain extent. But um, no, I think he's he's definitely got a massive future ahead. And yeah, he's definitely one of the form uh, eights uh, by injury. So yeah, definitely Hoskins for me. Yeah, look, I, I have to agree with Dwayne as well. Uh, Hoskins, a 2-2, clear top pick. Very unfortunate that he got his uh, ankle injured. Um, it's no, it's his all-round ability. You know, he can he can pick, he can run, he can pass. He's got a very, very important, very basic skill, which is what I call catching the ball at his knees. So when there are what you call 50-50 offloads, he can hang on to it, catch the ball with his fingertips, offload. Um, I have to say, Marino Michale, too, very unlucky. I have to give him honourable mention because meters uh, made 351, that's ninth on the list, uh, also carries. He's right up there. He is third on the list with 94, with the likes of Damian McKenzie, who leads the carries, 99. So, certainly honourable mention, but uh, the old boy of Marist, uh, Hoskins, topic number eight. Yep, Hoskins 2-2 for me. I think eight has perhaps been probably the deepest position across all the positions in Super Rugby Altera, Um, and well done for him to come out on top. Now these um, next two positions I'm going to do in combinations because it's been tricky again. Um, my number six, I've gone for uh, Shannon Frizzell. Now, <clears throat> earlier, in the, earlier in the season, we could have... Um, if, if he'd stayed on the field, I, I could have easily have locked in Callum Grace. He was looking very, very good. I thought uh, Akira Ioane was finally coming coming back to some form. And uh, there's uh, just a couple, couple out there who es escaped me. But I decided to go for Shannon Frizzell because I just thought as, as a line-out option and he easily slotted into to lock when required, not that's his, that's his first function in the number six jersey, but I just thought with ball in hand and uh, work, working with uh, Aaron Smith, I just thought he was outstanding. Dwayne? Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I'd, hard to sort of go by. Um, I 
to the World Pickle Girl Lachlan this year. I think he was, uh, you know, definitely a, you've got to have him in the team somewhere. I just think he was, he was awesome. So I'll, I'll go, yeah, I'll go with Bush Hill. Um, I'll, I'll stick with that. Try to spin in the works. You got two two positions, six and seven. Six and seven, and I'll go obviously uh, Harry Sylvia. Um, yes, yes. At seven as well. Yeah. So it's Bush and, and Sylvia. I think they complement each other. So I've got an open side with Ardi Sylvia. Again, nice. purely on class and, and being able to inject himself uh, right time, right place. Shannon Frizzell, top pick for me. I think uh, numbers-wise, easily one of the forwards, if not the forward of the season. I'll tell you why. He has had uh, 74 carries and lineouts, 24 from 24. Fantastic. And also he makes a top 10 tackle count coming in number two, 98. So... Amazing workload. And again, I think he's playing himself into the form of his lifetime. Um, really, really looking forward to see what he can do in the black jumper. Um, so I've gone for Cullen Grace at six oh. and Dylan Hunt at seven. Um, so the way that the voting goes means that we have uh, Shannon Frizzell at six and um, Ardi Surveyor at seven have uh, get the uh, get the votes there. A couple of um, honourable mentions. I think Mikiriwani uh, did a decent season for him. Um, at six, um, and um, is Karifi the only true seven around anymore? Have, have, and uh, funny that we've actually not mentioned Sam Kane at wow. all in this uh, conversation. Wow, yeah, so, uh, it just means there's uh, just so much uh, talent uh, around. I, <clears throat> I've got to, I've just got to give a quick shout out, honorable mention, Dylan Hunt. Leads the uh, successful tackles, 100 tackles. Phenomenal work rate from the kid. And I think uh, the, the back row, massive, massive log jam. Agree with what you say, uh, Paul, with uh, Karifi. Look, we just just so many options to look yes. at. And I think uh, we could have uh, five separate combinations. And on their day, they will probably outdo uh, most test opponents anywhere in the world. It, it's that much of talent. It's incredible. Yeah, he was he was originally my um, my initial first selection, but then I got cold feet and decided to switch uh, Dalton Papali from <clears throat> six to seven. But there'd probably be a few people out there thinking I'm on drugs, leaving Adi Savia out of the team. So probably a good idea to move on to the the two locks in this team. Two choices. I went for, I was really impressed with Patrick Tupuloto this year. Just his growth, not only as, as a player, but also a skipper as, as well. So I, I just found he was a lock-in at, 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 in that uh, number number four jersey. I felt a little bit sorry for the Chiefs guys. They had guys who looked more like sixes come locks, um, if you know what I mean. And I, lo I love the way James Blackwell himself about he's not the, he's not the best lock in the world and Josh Dixon of course before injury was looking good but I decided that Patrick Pupiloto now for that middle row it would have been easy to go to Sam Whitelock but I've just been so impressed with his improvement the run out option but also a ball it's got this gangly way of running but he gets across the advantage on most occasions but also I got to mention a special mention also for Scott Scrafton as well, seems like he's finding his feet in the in the uh, <clears throat> engine down there at um, at the Hurricanes as well. And Sam Whitelock, well, we know what he brings 
to the table as as well. And um, um, GTC uh, or Kelly Tuati Marina, uh, when he he seemed like to come like he was coming on to his game at the right time as well too. Parkinson and Tuipulotu, Dwayne. Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, Patrick. I thought I thought he's uh, performed really well this year. Uh, you know, he led uh, well, um, and I just thought he, he definitely played um, like a leader. Uh, you know, he stepped up um, and, and, and just showed with the Blues' performances, uh, but aggro in the forwards as well. And you know, he led with his carries, dominant carries, and stuff like that. So I'm sure, Bo have um, good stat on that. Um, and I, I definitely agree with uh, Paddy Paddy Parkinson. I thought he's um, he's got a bit of height. Um, you know that line off for the Highlanders uh, looked really sharp. Uh, mm. But you can't go past him, Whitelock. So I'll definitely go with uh, Tupelotu and Whitelock. Just a bit of experience on the old dog, and uh, you know Patrick will you know he, he will pick that up and he'll just he'll carry on the form that he's in. So guys, locks. Here's some very interesting stats. Let's look at lineouts. One, Mitch Mitch Brown, twenty nine. Pari Pari Parkinson, 26. Sam Whitelock, 25. Shannon Frizzell, 24. Lachlan Boucher, 22. James Blackwell, 20. Uh, then there's a log jam at 17, which includes Patrick Tupoloto, uh, Naito Akoi, Mitch Dunshi, and Scott Scrafton at 10. So, um, but overall, just looking at carries, physical presence, being able to inject them. And this is something I really look for. At this level of rugby, purely from a coaching point of view, being able to inject yourself at the right time so that you can pull in those game-changing plays. Tried and tested. You can't go past these two boys, Sam Whitelock, Patrick Topoloto. And for the Easter Dicks, I think Patrick wears that new funky uh, teabag hairstyle the best. <laughs> so you got to pick him for, <laughs> for that reason and that reason alone. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, Patrick Tupelotu, we're, we're unanimous there. I'm going for Josh Dixon as my second one, um, which means the voting means that we've gone Pat uh, Patrick and Sam in the end. Okay. Very good. And, uh, of course, finally, we uh, we move on to the uh, the front row. Now, plenty of plenty of contenders here. Mike, my, my pick was off of Tuanga Fassi. Just like Patrick Tupelotu, he's just come on to his game this year. Yeah, and if you if you're a skinny little guy and you decide to run down his channel, big mistake, really big mistake because uh, this boy really hits hard. He he tackles well, and it looks like he's developing his game uh, quite nicely. Other contenders, um, I probably you know you probably have to go to, for Alalatoa. He's been strong with that uh, Crusaders scrum on the uh, right hand side. Um, also, maybe Nepala, but I think with Nepal this year, I think he suffered probably playing for a Chiefs team not playing particularly well, but also Nepal at times just had a few issues with not just his discipline, but also ball handling skills as well. So for me, yep, it stays with uh, Offa Tonga Fussy. Go to you, Wayne. Yeah, definitely. I uh, agree with uh, Offa. I thought he's just like Patty. I think they, you know, they've both stepped up. Um, you know, they've been through the rut um, with what's been going on with Blues. Um, so for them to come of age um, and, and experience all the hard times and, and perform to the to the abilities they are now, uh, yeah, you've got, you definitely got a cargo pass off on form. So, yeah, I agree. You know, very clear, clear pick for me. Can't go past the Blues brothers, Carl Tunukafe and Offa Tunga Farsi. Um, I have to say, um, Steve, I do agree with you with uh, Toa. Because the Crusader scrum was a 100%. And this year in Super Rugby Aotearoa, they did 
some fantastic stuff, using the scrum as a key strike weapon. And I think that front row plays a big part. But again, can't go past the Blues brothers because, again, they seem to be able to have this knack of bringing in those real game-changing plays or big hits. Um, and also, um, on occasion, when the Blues find an edge, they seem to be able to play uh, the role of distributor. So for that reason, those boys, easy pick. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to offer them the jersey as well. And, and Paul, while, while, while you're there, Paul, we'll, go to your, we'll, pick, we'll get you to pick your loose head prop. Um, I've gone for Joe Moody. Um, I didn't think there were many. Um, there's, there's been a, I don't think there was many standouts. I mean, um, well, a name that you won't mention, so I'll give him an honourable mention purely because of how long he's played for. He played both sides of it, and he's retiring Ben May. Um, but um, just that more for his long longevity than anything else. But uh, yeah, Joe Moody in my uh, number one jersey. Yeah, I'd you touch with that, although I, I was very impressed, you know, we, we talk about this game development, Alex Alex Hodgman, I thought was very good for the Blues, remembering he was keeping uh, Carl Tunukiafi out, even though Carl is uh, probably the, one of the best, not probably the second best loose head scrummager in the country as well, there's a, there's a couple of other uh, young guys running around um, in the, the Super Rugby but yeah, for me Definitely, uh, Joe Moody. Dwayne, to sort of wrap up our, our props, either either Moody or Hodgman, your choice? I'll go with Moody. Um, I just think he's uh, yeah, safety um, and, and a great scrummager as well. Uh, and, and plays quite well around the park. So, yeah, I'll go with Moody. And um, oh, great! And um, and finally, our uh, the number the number two jersey. And we're timing it quite nicely because five minutes to go in the show, Paul. Um, the lot of contenders here, but I listen. I'll, I'll talk about some of the contenders, and you probably you can start with your more experienced guys. Obviously, Cody Cody Taylor is. Uh, he skipped the Crusader side this year, and we shouldn't shouldn't forget that. And he led pretty much led from the front. We also saw Dane Coles. Um, you know, not it, I would say his form was a little bit sketchy at at times during the year. We know what uh, Amua brings off off the paddock. Um, such such with the, with the Chiefs at, at, at the minute. I, I think probably both of their, their hookers didn't really really show out. Although on saying that, the lineout suggest suggests at least for a short. Line out, they hit their guys all the time. But a, a, a newcomer to this level of rugby, and once again, it shows ages. But Kurt Eklund, I thought, one, once again, once he uh, got game time, boy, he's he's taken his opportunity. He's now establishing himself as the Blues at number one hooker. But the the guy I've decided to go for, and special uh, mention too for Andrew Makaleo. I, I love the way that guy guy plays. Um, Fantastic player out of the Grammar Tech Club here in Auckland, and he is just an absolute beast. And I still remember that nice little bit of skill that he used running one way with the inside flick, which led to a try. Who does? They train for that sort of known and he throws the inside pass. But my hooker for this campaign is going to be Ash Dixon. You know, you talk about guys getting better with age. I think him and Aaron Smith are the heartbeat of the Highlanders. And this guy, he's not the biggest. Booker, but he just runs great angles, and boy, he knows how to get himself in a good position at the back of a mall when it's going towards the line. Probably tens out, ten times out of ten, he scores. So he's my hooker, Dwayne. 
Yeah, I was heading towards Ash Dixon, sorry, for, um, you know, purely on performance and, and the way Hollanders were picking up their performance in the last few games. But for me, you can't go past Cody Taylor. I just think he offers, um, you know, defensively very, very safe. And then attacking-wise, he's just uh, a bit of a younger version of Dan Colesman, you know, and Dan Coles is running around. Um, so, yeah, for me, Cody Taylor. Um, with Kurt Eklund not too far away as well. He's um, been, um, you know, playing well. Um, coming off the bench and then also getting some starts. So, yeah, I'll Cody Taylor for me. I'm with Dwayne. I'm with Dwayne, Cody Taylor, you know, very successful skipper this year of the Crusaders. And also, again, the, the, that ability to uh, inject himself into the game at the right times. And I think, um, you know, again, he's probably coming into some of the best form of his career. And uh, might I dare say he might be a future All Black skipper in waiting. Mm. Wow, big call in the all-black skipper. I've gone for um, Ash Dixon, so we are tied in this one. Two for Ash Dixon, two for Cody Taylor, um, but we've got a couple of votes for Cody Taylor in the live chat, so um, so I'll, I'm going to give it to Cody Taylor um, uh, for the official the official list. And, guys, i I, I got to say, because we we're just finishing up on the front rows, big car, easy, head and shoulders, Best mo, best moustache in the entire competition. If it just slightly goes to the sides, very much like Billy T's, you know. It's it's very, very impressive, I have to say. We should have picked the team based on hairstyles. Yeah. Hairstyles and facial hair. Absolutely. Um so I'll give we, we, Yeah, we, we, we could actually we could actually do we could do that next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, Jack, Jack Goody is uh, automatic choice. Oh, right up there. Definitely right up there. So I'll just run through the our official um, 15 then. So Joe Moody, Cody Taylor and Offa Twangafasi are the, our front row with Patrick Turpilotto and Sam Whitelock in the engine room. Um, Frizzell, Ardi there and Sotutu are your Lucys with Aaron Smith and Richard Mwanga leading the team around the pitch. Uh, Laumapi and Anton Leonard-Brown uh, in the centres there. And a back three of George Bridge, Caleb Clark, and Will Jordan. Uh, yes, there's a 15 that would win many games, let's be honest. Um, so thank you, Stephen, for taking us through um, the uh, the 15. I'll put up, I'll, I'll take a screenshot of that spreadsheet and put it up on our Facebook page, folks. So uh, uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, you can head over to the Facebook page and put your comments beneath that. Um, Obviously, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, all of those wonderful places. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio, folks. Stephen and I will be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., bringing you the morning sports briefing so you can start your day the best way up to speed with all the important sports news. And uh, we'll be having a chat with um, Boa and Dwayne um, because, look, we forgot or we didn't forget. We ran out of time to talk about the North-South game um, and the contingency plans around that. Uh, that don't forget, folks, those two teams will be uh, due to be announced at midday tomorrow. That's midday Tuesday, the 18th of August uh, for that North-South teams. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see who gets selected from those. Um, and uh, I think we mentioned Farrah Palmer Cup being delayed by uh, the first two rounds have been, um, what's the word I'm looking for, have been postponed, but they're still going to be playing the full season of the Farrah Palmer Cup. Dwayne getting some love in the live chat there, which is good to see. So thank you very much, Dwayne. Thank you very much, Bo, for joining us um, this uh, this evening. Very welcome. Appreciate thank you very much, Stephen, for guiding us through the uh, our, our Super Rugby Outer Hour 15. 
And uh, thank you everyone who has watched, listened. Please do share uh, and um, catch you all next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.